Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, May 28th. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen has changed the title of the city's chief health officer as the battle against coronavirus continues. Dr. Fred Eccles is now the city's acting health director following questions about his qualifications. First Ward Alderwoman Sharon Tyus chairs the Board of Aldermen's Rules Committee. She says Eccles does not meet requirements for the position. And one of the things about that is important about civil service is that we vet people and make sure that they meet the qualifications and that they're not somehow being unfairly advantaged or disadvantaged. Mayor Krusen says she and Eccles agree it is in the city's best interest to amend the title. We'll have more on that in just a bit. Also today, St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson examines the effect the pandemic is having on black business owners in the region. As we mentioned, St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen has changed the city health department head's title as the fight against coronavirus continues. Questions about Dr. Fred Eccles' credentials have prompted the change to acting health director. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports, Krusen's announcement comes as members of the Board of Aldermen say Eccles does not have a license to practice medicine. Eccles graduated from medical school and served as a Navy doctor. He has completed a training program at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and worked at the Illinois Department of Public Health. By law, the director needs to be a licensed physician or have a master's in public health or be accredited by the American Board of Preventative Medicine. Alderwoman Sharon Tyus, chair of the Rules Committee, says Eccles has none of those three requirements. But Dr. Will Ross, chair of a regional health advisory board, says Eccles' training with the CDC is equal to a public health degree. Based on my extensive knowledge of public health training programs, this program is robust enough to qualify anyone. Krusen says she made the decision Wednesday with input from Eccles and Ross. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker says the East Side Health District and St. Clair County will partner on a major contact tracing expansion. The goal is to help people feel more comfortable. This announcement came during a stop yesterday by the governor in East St. Louis. That's where Pritzker also told reporters he is not sure when casinos in Illinois will reopen. There certainly are uh, casino owners in the state of Illinois who have presented their ideas for that, but it's not going to be happening in the next phase. Pritzker says he is focusing on gambling's long-term impact on the state's economy rather than the industry's immediate reopening. In other news, a new effort by the St. Louis NAACP and the Carpenters Union aims to let residents vote in November on whether the city should lease St. Louis Lambert International Airport. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, opponents of the city's previous attempts to privatize the airport are not supporting this new proposal. About six months ago, city officials abruptly called off a years-long process exploring a potential long-term lease of the airport. The city's proposal attracted some of the world's largest airport investors, but the plan was controversial, and St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen said it didn't have enough support. But the groups behind the new ballot initiative say residents deserve a vote. They'll need to collect more than 22,000 signatures to get it on the November 3rd ballot. St. Louis Comptroller Darlene Green has been a longtime critic of airport privatization. 
location. She says in a statement that leasing the airport is a plan for special interest groups to take advantage of a public asset. Green is pushing for the mayor to withdraw an application with the Federal Aviation Administration that allows the city to consider leasing its airport. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio. A St. Louis County native will have to wait at least a couple more days before returning to space. NASA scrubbed yesterday's planned launch of the SpaceX Crew Dragon roughly 17 minutes before the slated liftoff. Weather concerns prompted the postponement until Saturday. St. Anne native Bob Behnken is part of a two-person crew that will travel to the International Space Station. The pandemic is leading to tough times for many businesses, but it's even more difficult for black business owners who struggle with limited access to bank loans and government aid. As St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports, many say they will have a hard time recovering from the crisis. On a normal day before coronavirus, Drake's Place restaurant in Ferguson was bustling. Customers were ordering fried shrimp, potatoes, and green beans. Servers rushed from table to table, and the kitchen runners hurried orders to the chef. But that sense of normalcy is gone. Now, Bridget Lewis, the co-owner of Drake's Place, again, finds herself in a difficult situation. The drastic decline in sales took her back to 2014, when Ferguson exploded after a police officer killed Michael Brown Jr. The Ferguson effect has been there ever since the unrest happened. So we were always just kind of breaking even or not making it at all. It took about two years after the protests for Drake's Place to hold steady. Recently, business took off when a national television show featured the company. But now, some days, they only bring in a couple hundred dollars. When St. Louis County shut down on March 23rd, Lewis was forced to close her dining room and shifted to curbside delivery and takeout only. She applied for and received a federal loan through the Paycheck Protection Program. But it's only temporary. We've seen anywhere from 50 to 75 percent decrease in revenue. So this has just been devastating. And like I said, right now, I can hold my hand out and not it's not shaking because we were blessed to get that loan. After this money is gone, I don't know what's going to happen. Like many African-American business owners, Lewis spent her life savings and refinanced her home to open the restaurant. So for her, felon is not an option. COVID-19 highlights the systemic issues that confront black business owners in the region. Valerie Patton says she sees disparities similar to Lewis's all the time. She is the St. Louis Regional Chamber's executive director of its St. Louis Business Diversity Initiative. Many of our Black businesses, Hispanic-owned businesses, use the equity in their home to start the business. So in many cases, they go to large banks where they may not have a relationship And those dollars and resources have already been allocated. Patton points to banking to explain what she means. Many white-owned banks do not understand how valuable black businesses are to their communities. And that keeps them from getting loans. Our communities where we had things in the past have basically been decimated. So here, even in the St. Louis region, there was a time when we had a black bank. We don't have that black bank anymore. Patton says generally, black owners do not come into business with the same assets as white owners, a great credit score, a lawyer, or an accountant. And these barriers often hold them back from accessing the necessary capital from white-owned banks to sustain a company. The $2.2 trillion emergency coronavirus fund passed by Congress only gave $10 million to the Minority Business Development Agency. 
Patton is concerned about the survival of Black-owned businesses in the region, and she's not alone. Sheila Little Forest is also afraid of what the region will look like without those businesses. When I drive down the Antrim Bridge and I see the places closed, my heart just cries. Little Forest owns a North St. Louis County hair, beauty, and accessory store called Afroworld. It's been around for 50 years. She now only sells products online, including masks in bulk. Little Forest applied for the first round of PPP funding, but still hasn't heard back from the government. When I saw that places like Harvard and Ruth Chris were getting that stuff, my heart dropped because in the back of my mind, you know, they get black people and you don't get nothing. It was almost like you put a noose around my neck again. And we've been through that all of our life. We're tired of that. We're tired of always being lynched. Little Forest says her business is surviving through online sales, but she's unsure how long that will last. I don't write the future. I'm just living in the moment. And for many black business owners, that moment is bleak. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.